Welcome to the C12 Podcast. My name is Matt, and we are in our second week of our series called Rooted, where we're discussing what it means to be rooted in prayer. This week, we have the privilege of hearing from Chris Morgan as he discusses abiding prayer. We hope you're encouraged and guided by today's message. So excited. We are fired up. We got lots of things coming up. We are super excited for is small groups. I've mentioned it last week. This week, I'm going to give you a lot more of a sneak peek. Uh, next week, if you show up, we're going to be able to register in person together. So small group registration opens next week, uh, and then we are jumping in the week after that. So the first week of February, small groups start. When do they start? First week of February. You guys are with me. Uh, If you haven't gotten a chance to meet them beforehand, we actually have a couple of our small group leaders. Uh, We've got peer-led small groups, and we've got what we're calling intergenerational small groups. So peer-led is really beautiful with community and growing deeper in your faith with friends. And then uh, intergenerational small groups are incredible because you get to be poured into and led by people who have gone before you, people with experience and wisdom that God has given them. And it's a beautiful to be able to learn from them. So there's lots of different options. So registrations next week, small groups across the board start February 1st. We're super excited for you guys. And then what we're, uh, what we're also excited for is that we're continuing our series Rooted tonight. And specifically, Alex is in Hawaii, which means I get the honor of introducing our speaker, Chris Morgan. Chris, if you want to come on up, everybody give Chris a hand. At, uh, at 12 Stone, we like to call Chris Simo, uh, just a, a nice little nickname. Simo, a couple things about him. Chris leads our church in prayer. So our whole church, that's uh, that's his uh, his expertise, so to speak, uh, one of many. Uh, He used to be a worship pastor here at Central Campus specifically. Uh, And a cool story about about Chris uh, is he has had a big part in my story for a long time. Uh, As I was telling some of the volunteers earlier is that when I accepted Christ, uh, I was going on the better part of a decade ago. Uh, and I was in the big worship center over there, uh, and I was just in a seat with my family, and Chris uh, was leading a worship song uh, when I decided. I felt Holy Spirit pulling me in, uh, and I said yes. I responded in that moment, and I have a vivid uh, memory of looking up, tears in my eyes, and Chris was right there leading worship. So uh, I've gotten uh, a really cool opportunity to get to know him a little bit better over these last couple months, uh, and man, I'm, I'm just so honored that you'd be here uh, to learn from you. Guys, you don't know what you're in for what a cool thing and what a cool opportunity it is that you're speaking tonight. So I'd love to pray for you uh, and then jump in if that's okay. All right, let's pray. So Heavenly Father, thank you for Chris. Thank you that he's here tonight, Father. I pray that Holy Spirit, you would rest on him, that you would speak through him directly into our lives and that we would encounter your presence, that we would have a fresh experience with you tonight because of what you're saying through him. So come have your way. Your kingdom come. Your will be done through Chris. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Give it up for Chris, y'all. Yeah, thank you. I like that prayer. I like that story. Man, what a great story. I remember those days. I loved it. Music is amazing and what it does. And I got the privilege of, for a lot of years, the, the uh, merger of the kingdom of heaven at hand and harmonies and rhythm and really talented musicians. It doesn't really get much better than that. Um, but tonight, I get this, the, the great honor to be here with you. Uh, thank you to Alex all the way in Hawaii. Let's see, west, which way is west? (laughs) Anyway, thank you, Alex, and thank you, Justin. Justin's treated me 
just great. The whole team here, it's been great. I'm going to talk to you about prayer. And yeah, woo! Not so much uh, how to uh, concerning prayer, but more of how to think about prayer. But not so much how to, but how to think. See, if you know how to think, then you'll know how to build your own prayer movement because you'll know what it is. What is this thing? We've always heard about it. We've heard about prayer. But whether, hopefully, whether you're just getting started, maybe you never really tried on prayer very much, or whether you've been doing it for a while, hopefully you can get started or you can go deeper because we're just talking about how do you think about prayer? Like, what is it? And then how do we engage in it? Hallelujah. Jesus is here tonight. So here's the good news. Like, so wherever you are in your journey, the Holy Spirit's going to walk down your road tonight. He is. And so there's no lid over your life. Like anything's possible right where you're sitting. Because the living God will come and he's here. And he's going to visit you right where you're seated. And all you got to do is say yes. You just got to acknowledge that it's him. And then just begin to listen to what he's saying to you. And then respond with a yes. Maybe some of you have never even established a relationship with him tonight. It's really not very complicated. It's just if I see you, I want to know you. You can have my yes, which means you can have my life. But, okay, so we're going to talk about prayer, but not just any kind of prayer, really. Uh, let's see if this works. I've never drawn this picture before. Let's just draw a big circle. And if we were to divide prayer and say, it, you know, right down the middle of the sky there and say, and say, you know, that one side is abiding and then one side is asking. So maybe you guys talked about abiding prayer here recently, but basically abiding prayer is building a relationship. So you're just building a relationship with God. Man, there's so much to be said there like that will teach you how to pray. Everything that's true of building relationships here on earth, it's true of, of, of building a relationship with God in prayer. You just have to make that application. We don't really think of it that way often, but we should because it works. And then uh, asking prayer is really, here's the design. The design is that abiding prayer would mature, and as it matures, it actually begins to funnel you into effective asking prayer. That's kind of the space I want to talk to you about tonight. I want to talk to you about asking prayer. Um, God's design is for abiding prayer to mature into prayer that is purposeful asking. So let's just write that there, purposeful. These are really good markers, Justin. I told him, don't give me no lame marker. I've had that before. These are good markers. All right, well, let's see what do we want to say. There's all kinds of stuff in here. We'll see what we can pull out of the bag. So here's what happens. So like, let's see, where is that? Yeah, so uh, asking, asking is a familiar concept to prayer. That's really kind of what we, how we think about prayer. Like when somebody says, well, what's prayer? Well, prayer is when we start talking to God and asking for stuff, right? And that's kind of how many of us learn prayer is that 
we start asking God for stuff. And a lot of times it's when life kind of begins to break down a little bit. We hit an emergency, something goes wrong, or we get in trouble, and we go like, God, 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 I need some help here. Like, we begin to engage him in asking some stuff. God, I'll never sin again if you'll just get me out of this trouble. And then, uh, here's the good news. When we do that, like, we maybe we never even talk to God. And then, like, all of a sudden, we need him. And when we begin to engage him, here's the good news of prayer. Here's the good news of the gospel. He's there. He, like, he'll still meet you there. Like, that's really what we call, uh, or what I would call, reactive prayer. Like, we're in the lane of our lives where we're just reacting, like life's dealt us a blow or given us a, a hand, and now we begin to react to that hand, and we begin to talk to God. That's reactive prayer. The good news is, is that God will still meet us. That's kind of how I got started. If I were going to tell you the story, and I am, uh, I grew up in church, heard about prayer my whole life. Um, I've been around it, but mostly prayer for me was like the, the, I grew up in a Baptist church, and so like the guys would come down to take offering, they were like, there was this one guy that would always pray for the offering before we took it up. And he would always say, God, we pray for the sick and bereaved and for those who know thee not. <laughs> that's, how, that's what he prayed. He prayed it every week. I suppose it's a good prayer. But uh, anyway, that was sort of the, the limit of my prayer exposure. Like, I just saw it in church. So I never really tried it. I never really took prayer for a test drive. And then I hit 16 years old, and everything turns into a love story. I had a girl that I'd fallen in love with, and she decided to break my heart, so she did. And I started experiencing some pain from that. And I pulled out a Bible, and I was like, hey, there's some cool promises in here about prayer. Let me test drive this stuff. So that's what I began to do. I began to talk to God. And I brought all of my circumstances before him. I laid out my case. Man, I made a good one too. Lord, here's what I want you to do, and here's when I want you to do it, and here's how I want you to do it. And I've just built my case. And it's a good thing to do, by the way. Build your case. Build it. Bring it to God. He don't mind. In fact, I think that's his design. He wants us to build a case. You know, he is a father, and he is a friend, but he's also a judge. So just put on your attorney's shoes. Make your case. And I did. I made a really good case. And here's what happened. Like, nothing I asked for happened. Nothing. The girl just kept right on trucking. But you know what did happen? Is I started here. I started with asking because things had broken down for me. And what I realized was that when I asked that there was this movement back here for the first time in my life, I began to experience someone there. What? Someone's actually on the other side of the line? Yes. That's the gospel. I began to experience someone there. And so what happened for me is when the girl just kept on going. So I didn't get her, but what I got was that sense of someone there, and that never left. And I began to then build prayer from here, like that sense of someone else there, that building a relationship with someone. I began to hang out there. I was like, man, it was really cool when I began to talk to God, and it seemed like he was there. I'm going to keep trying. And so as I did that, Abiding prayer, knowing God, it began to expand, it began to grow, and that's God's design. But ultimately, abiding prayer or relationship prayer then funnels into this, this place of asking prayer. 
So we're disciples, we're learners, we're understanding, we're building understanding tonight, at least that's what I hope. And here's what happens when you build understanding. Like the more you begin to understand about prayer, conviction, understanding brings conviction. And wherever there's conviction, your life will begin to mold itself towards that conviction. So there's a good motivation for you to really pay attention and to let this sort of take root in your heart. Because when you begin to understand something new about the kingdom of God, understanding grows in your heart. When understanding grows, here comes conviction. And when conviction comes, your whole life, like gravity, it just starts moving in that direction. Hallelujah. Come on. Scripture says this. Romans 12, 12 says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. I'm going to pray for you. God, right now, in Jesus' name, this is holy space. This is your space. And we're talking about your things. Holy Spirit, I just made him a promise that you were going to visit them. So I ask you, do that right now. Teach us, Holy Spirit, about Father's kingdom. Holy Spirit, teach us about the agenda that Jesus has for the earth and how we can jump in on his purposes. Kingdom of God, come and will of God be done right now on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. So this thing of being faithful in prayer um, Here's the, I really just have a couple of thoughts tonight. Here's one of them. Asking prayer comes from the maturity of shared purpose. So as you begin to build this relationship, what you realize is, like all good, all important relationships in your life ultimately begin to share purpose. You're like, what does that mean, Simo? Well, something like this. In marriage, you're, you're building a life together. Like you fall in love with somebody and you go like, hey, will you marry me? Yeah, we'll get married. And then you're like, man, I, I scored. I, I won the prize. Like she's here. We get to do life together. But then after a little bit, you realize it's really about more than just living together. You're actually building a family. You're building a life together. And there's a shared DNA of that that begins to be forged between two people. It works in friendship or it works in business. In business, you're, you're working at a profitable way of life that's adding value to society. You're making money for yourself and others, perhaps even creating meaning and purpose. That's what happens in business. Like, that's a shared purpose. Do you have a business associate, maybe? Like, if you have a job, somebody you're working with, and your life begins to form around that business, that's shared purpose. In friendship, you're building a, you're building a way to share your life with others, to laugh, to pursue hobbies, creating memories, to have important conversations. Listen, wherever relation, wherever the relationship, whatever the relationship, there's a point in which you realize you're building something together. That's exactly what happens with God. He invites you not just to, not just to ask him for stuff about like what happens to be going on in your life or what you might want here and now. That's okay. We'll talk about maybe a little bit more about that in a minute. That's legal. Like we can bring requests before God. Of course we should. But it's more than that. It's shared purpose. Like he's inviting you into a life with God and to say yes to his purposes and then engage prayerfully in that. So the awareness of a shared purpose with God empowers our prayers. It aligns our motives. It pulls us out of purely selfish-oriented prayers. And it syncs our motives with heaven. Do you get what I'm saying? If you don't yet, then just stay on the boat. You'll get it here in a minute. 
like as we begin to, as we, as we uh, live our lives in this space of shared purpose with God, it checks our motives. Like I'm not just coming to God and asking him for whatever, that when I begin to talk to him, it's beginning to go through the filter of our shared purpose together. And so it helps my motives align. It heals my loneliness. I've already talked about someone there. Man, you can't do any better than that. God, listen, every time you come to prayer, you're coming on God's invitation. He's already there. You're not trying to talk him into coming hanging out with you. You're actually showing up at his invitation. He's there. He's there. And once you connect with that, once you experience that, it's a drug. You're done. Like, you, you, nothing else will ever do. There's some good things on earth, but nothing compares to his acquaintance. He's here. And it brings clarity. It really does. When I was, uh, uh, many years ago, before I was actually on staff at 12 Stone, I was first serving as a uh, volunteer. I was actually serving in student ministry. I was uh, worship leading and helping form their worship band. The student ministries at 12 Stone, if you can believe this, were just getting started. This was way back in 1995, a long time ago. My son was two years old. My son's here tonight. I give him honor. Uh, I thank you for being here. I love Johnny. He's, uh, he's one of a kind, and he was two years old in 1995, and uh, that's when this was, and I was the Lord just showed up one day and, and spoke to me, which is what will happen when you build this thing with him in private. Like, his voice will just show up. He'll say stuff to you. It's always good, but sometimes it's challenging. This day it was challenging. This is what he said. He said, you know, this thing you're doing at 12 Stone, this uh, student ministry thing, he said, you're halfway in and you're halfway out. You got one foot in and one foot out. And just so you know, I don't do anything that way. And I was like, okay. Noted. That was in the spring, so I didn't do anything. In the fall, unannounced, he, he kind of said it again. He said, hey, you remember we talked back in the spring? About one foot in, one foot out. I was like, yeah, 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 I remember that. He said, I hadn't changed my mind. I don't do anything like that. So I decided, well, I'm going to have to take some action. I'm going to have to do something. And, this, and I'm telling you this story because I wanted you to see this this progression of prayer that happened between me and God. And it doesn't always happen this way. It doesn't always happen that I say something to God and then I just feel like I hear something back. That's the exception. That's not the rule. But this particular time, over a couple of days, this is the way it happened. So when he said that, I said, okay, I'm going to take some action. I'm going to go. No, first thing I said was, okay, God, did you call me to students, which is where I was ministering, or did you call me to adults? He said, neither. I called you to worship, which to me means he wasn't calling me to a demographic. He was calling me to the firstness of his priority of over my life. He was calling me to put him first. And I said, okay, fine. Then I made this prayer. I said, I'll go measure my blue sky. Like, I'll talk to this ministry leader, see what the opportunity is here. I'll talk to this ministry leader. I'll see what that opportunity is. How does that sound? He said, terrible. He said, I didn't call you to measure your blue sky. I said, well, what'd you call me to do? He said, I called you to do what I say. <laughs> That's kind of simple. So this is what happened. No lie. I said to him, fine, you tell me what you want me to do. That's what I'll do. So I went to sleep that night. Very next morning, I woke up, and I knew what I wasn't supposed to do. Isn't that just like God? 
sense of humor. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I just knew what I wasn't supposed to do. I knew I wasn't supposed to do the student ministry thing anymore. So I came and I, I set up a meeting with this ministry leader. And I said, hey, look, I'll serve as long as you need me. I'm not going to leave you high and dry, but I'm not your guy. So just know that. Go find somebody. He said, fine, no problem. So immediately, this is how I got a job at 12 Stone. You want to talk about how practical prayer can be? I was really close to, to, to getting a, an opportunity that would change my life. I didn't even know it. God was leading me. He was shaping me. He was calling me. Do you see those prayers, how, how he was calling me back to a shared purpose? When I said, hey, I'm going to measure my blue sky, he said, no, 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 back to the shared purpose. I called you to do what I say. I'm going to measure, or, or which demographic did you call me to? Neither. I called you to what? Me, shared purpose. You see that? Anyway, we don't have time for the full story. It's really good. But suffice it to say that it wasn't, it was just a few weeks like a couple of weeks after all that went down, and it was completely unknown to me how this was going to shape, but God was setting me up and ended up uh, on part-time staff here within a couple of weeks from that moment. And then uh, 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 about a year and a half after that, came on full-time staff here, and I led in the worship ministries for about 18 years, and I've been in a, a ministry of prayer since then. Hallelujah. Golly, this is so good. God, God goes further God goes, this is what God does. Like, I'm just trying to talk you into shared, a shared purpose. God goes even further. He gives you identity. Like, he changes your identity. He doesn't just invite you into a shared purpose. He, like, goes all the way to the core. He says, you're a new creation. Man, he says this. Uh, he says, uh, where am I? He said, the spirit, this is a scripture, Corinthians. The spirit you received brought brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. So listen, Abba is the personal intimacy side of prayer. This is, this is Dada, Papa. This is the little five-year-old kid looking up from a bowl of soup or cereal and milk still on his mouth, and he looks up and he goes, Papa. That's Abba. That's abiding prayer. That's our heart connecting to God. But then guess what? He's not just Abba. He's father, and as father, he owns everything. He's in charge. It's all his authority, and he's called me to operate in both. He's Papa God, but he's Father God, and I'm serving Father God. He has authority. That's good news. So we get to operate in the family name and get something done. That's really what asking prayer ultimately is about. That's the case I'm making tonight. The shift from... Uh, the shift inside of asking prayer is from this mentality of what we get to what we actually contribute or give. When you're stuck in a reactive mode of prayer, it's because you're still focused on what you're getting. There's no shame in wanting. We talked about that a minute ago. Uh, in fact, it's, it's actually required. And you, I want you to see that. I don't want you to feel like you can't come to God and ask him for stuff. Because some of this can start feeling kind of heavy, and it's like, see, Mo, this... And sounds really good, but it's kind of heavy. It's like, is it okay to pray for some new tires or for the Braves to win, you know, or something like that? And yeah, it's legal. It's good. It's all fine. You can ask for that stuff. But also continue to shepherd your life beyond the surface desires of this life and into the purposes of God. It's just better. It's just more fun. God's got secrets for you. He's got stuff. 
Even Jesus, it says this about him. He said he endured the pain and suffering of the cross for the joy set before him. Like he had his eye on something eternal, bigger than just the moment. So we follow his, his lead. And then this sort of almost goes without saying, but it, I, I need to say it. Prayer changes us. This whole dynamic of maturing from, ask, from a abiding prayer into asking prayer, we're just being transformed by the power of God. He's maturing you up and building inside of you the image of Christ. So what's our shared purpose? You're like, you keep talking about shared purpose, but you haven't said what it is. Well, I'm going to tell you now. Jesus put it right in the middle of the prayer. When they said, hey, how do we pray? He gave them the Lord's Prayer. You've heard it. You've said it. Right in the middle of it. He says this. On earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. That is your shared purpose. On earth as it is in heaven. There's some other good stuff in that prayer, obviously. Hallowed be thy name. But he said, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. By the way, when you think of that, most of us think of that or we hear it in our ears as a question. God, would you let your kingdom come? Would you let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? But it's actually an imperative. So in prayer, why is this the strangest thing? And that God who holds all the power, all the authority, would invite me to step into his authority and then come before him and make an imperative prayer. God, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth like it is in heaven. And then you dig in like a junkyard dog, you know, and you go like, all right, that's, that's it. I'm contending. Prayer must, mature, uh, prayer must mature into abiding and asking. Perhaps a better word is contending. I just said that. So on earth as it is in heaven, there's your shared purpose. All right? So that was the first point. There's only two, like I said. This is the second. So God's invited you into a co-laboring dynamic with him. Why did he decide to do that? I don't know. Ask him. But asking prayer is how you co-labor with God or one of the primary ways in which you co-labor with God. So what does co-labor mean? It just means that God's out to get some stuff done and he didn't leave you out of the equation. Like he's inviting you He's actually, how could this be? But it is. God has made himself susceptible to your requests. Crazy, right? But it's because he makes more of me than I make of myself. God elevates my role beyond my comfort level. That's just true. Every time God does a new thing in my life, I see that he makes more of me than I make of myself. And I can't hardly get my arms around the size of what I think he's calling me up to. And this, by the way, is where all the funky theology comes. All the weird theology that doesn't seem to measure up to what the word actually says. We build it to try to make it fit our experience because we can't wrap our arms around the size of what God's actually called us to do. 
the size of what he's willing to do through us, we just go like, ah. So we don't pray weak and small prayers because we don't believe God can. We pray weak and small prayers because we don't know how to see ourselves. We actually don't believe that this co-labor thing is real, this space here. Who am I that God would listen to me? We're not the first person to ask that. It's in Psalm 8. We're made in his image and commissioned to rule and in shared purpose. Man, that's a big statement. We're made in God's image. First of all, you remember that, right? That's all the way back at the very beginning of the book when he created us. We were made in his image uniquely. But then he commissioned them, Adam and Eve, actually, he commissioned them to rule. And now that's kind of that, you know, there's a lot of story in between there. But now we still have that DNA in us. We were made in his image, so we still have that in our DNA. We were made to rule in God's purposes. That's in our DNA. So it's a fit. It just doesn't feel like it always. Uh, this is what Psalm 8 says. You've been made. Uh, it's right after it asks the question. It says, who is man that you are mindful of? And then it says, you made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor, made them, to, made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet. And so we fashion prayers as those made in his image. Hallelujah. Uh, we're redeemed and promoted. Let's see what we're talking about here. Yeah, who am I that God would listen to me? So we're redeemed and promoted, invited of, uh, into the mission of on earth as it is in heaven. We just talked about that. This is what Corinthians says. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. It's in the book. So we fashion prayers as those sent by a king. That's a good way to think about it. Sometimes when you're standing before insurmountable size that that's required in a prayer moment, you just got to step back and go like, no, wait a minute, who am I? Oh, yes, yeah, sent by a king. Who's the king? The king that owns everything, whose name's above every name. All power and authority has been, you know, bestowed. Every knee's going to bow. He sent me. I'm just giving you some space so your ears can rest. So listen, we, we, we're also operating in an atmosphere of that the victory's won, but we live in contested space. Uh, this, First Peter says, Be alert of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking for someone to devour. So what do we do? We're fashioning prayers. How? Declaring victory in the middle of a contested space. Jesus has thoroughly accomplished victory. But we are presently living in spiritually conflicted, contested space. That's why bad stuff keeps happening. And who are these people who operate in asking prayer? They're people who have gone over into one reality, the kingdom of heaven, and grabbed the victory of Jesus, and we bring it over here, and we, we, like a flag, we just put it in the ground, and then we contend for the purposes of God in contested territory. We fashion prayers declaring victory in the middle of contested space. A good, a good biblical character, I love this guy, Caleb. Y'all remember Caleb in the story of Joshua? Uh, 
uh, and uh, the children of Israel, you remember, they sent out spies, and, and there was 12 of them, but it was on, but among all of those, they came, they came back and they said, yeah, the land's amazing, it looks great, but holy crap, there's giants over there. It's a good land, but we can't take it. Except Joshua and Caleb. This was Caleb's testimony. We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. I love Caleb. Caleb is this guy who's got a vision of it. God said it. I don't care how big they are. This can happen. Possibility. Anything's possible. So this is not hype. And this, look, in the, in the, in the, in this place of purposeful asking and contending for God's purposes in contested space, it's not hype. We're not trying to hype something into happening, and we're not trying to boss God. God, I command you. <laughs> you have to do this right now. Good luck with that. But courageous insistence that God's will can prevail in any circumstance. Now, that's a different prayer. Courageous persistence that God, anything is possible with you. You said this, and you, you, you just, be a, just be, put on your best lawyer shoes and come before the living God and make your case. God, you said this. You made this promise. You said that. I'm just going to keep saying it. So, Boldly contending, and when we're boldly contending, anything is possible, and, there's, and we're operating in this family resemblance. You see, when we abide with Jesus, and it begins to then transform into purposeful asking, we're now like becoming a kingdom person, like the kingdom agenda in earth is becoming our agenda. There's a family resemblance that begins to come upon us, right? We begin to look like God's purposes in the earth. Jesus is our model. What does that look like? Read the Gospels. Whatever Jesus did, there's your model. Go try to do what he did. Like, just remember, when Jesus left earth, he did not say, look, don't strain your muscles. You can't do the stuff I've been doing. I'm going to leave for a while. Write down the stuff I've done. Talk amongst yourselves, and I'll be back in a few thousand, and we'll do something new. But don't try to do what I did. That's just not what he said. It's kind of what it looks like sometimes. Like we talk amongst ourselves, but there's not a lot of Jesus-like model kind of activity going on sometimes. He said, the things I've done, you'll do also, and greater things than these. That's John 14. That sits over me like a, I don't know, like it haunts me because I don't feel like I've seen that yet. Anyway, keep moving, Simo. Jesus is our model. The Holy Spirit's our leader. The Scriptures are our guardrail. The will of... I think this is true. Like, I'm not trying to oversimplify things, but I am giving you a good way to think about when you get in this lane of praying, asking prayers for God's will to come and, and abide in the earth, this is just the way I do it. 
Like, I just put on my five-year-old shoes because remember Jesus said, like, don't keep the children from coming to me. Like, the kingdom belongs such as those. And so when it comes to, like, complex math, I just kind of put on five-year-old shoes. How would a five-year-old pray? Well, they might pray something like this. They would go like, God's will is not a secret. Just think about heaven. Whatever, when you think about heaven, bring that into focus and then pray that. <laughs> pray that on earth as it is in heaven. That's what the book says. And is there, are there mysteries there? Yeah, totally, totally. Because I pray for supernatural things. I pray for healing stuff. And people die. We got a sick dog at our house right now. I think she has cancer. She's not doing well. And, man, we've contended for help in that, with that dog like crazy. I mean, my wife's everything but sweating blood, you know, over, over this. And we're contending for her to be made well. Hadn't happened yet. Hadn't happened yet. I found out yesterday, uh, last night, actually, that a friend of mine who was part of the prayer team died yesterday. And I know I prayed for her. Uh, she was on dialysis, so I, I prayed for her to have new kidneys. I don't know, five times or more. Didn't happen. So I'm not telling you there's not mystery. There's mystery. Here's what I can tell you. I'm resolved. On earth as it is in heaven. That's my prayer. That's my post. Which means what? The next person that comes, comes to me and that needs a kidney, I'm going to pray for a kidney. Can he do it? Can he do it? Then my post is to just ask. Now, let's talk about that for a second. Uh, and then we're going to start yeah, wrapping it down. I guess that's it. There it is. I'm 36 minutes in, just so you know. Asking is everybody's responsibility and everybody's opportunity. God is looking for an intercessor. There's a, there's a word for you. So asking prayer, the biblical word, I'm not going to write it down, but you get it. Asking prayer, the biblical word's intercessor. And God's looking for him. One who will stand between two opposing parties. Really, sort of one who will stand between two realities and be the go-between between those. That's an intercessor. That's what they do. Humankind is required. Like only humans can be intercessors because humans can, because they're human, they can intercede for mankind. And, they, and because we're made in the image of God, we can connect with heaven. We can connect with earth. This is the reason Jesus came. He became a man. Jesus is now at the right hand of the Father. The scripture says he's an intercessor. Intercessors are sent from God. This, I love this. Jesus is the first one and the model. Jesus is the first one. He was sent from God. He's now at the right hand of the Father. And Scripture says he intercedes. He's talking to God. The Holy Spirit's the second one, and he's our teacher. And you're the third one, and you're the body of Christ. So we are to take up this place of asking prayer, interceding, now listen, asking prayer, asking God is not manipulating God's willingness. That's the way we think of it. Like if we go enough times, he'll finally relent and be willing to do something. We're not trying to manipulate God's willingness. I'm not. We're trying to change 
<laughs> we're not trying to change his mind. We're trying to surrender and expand our own minds to the size and vision of what God wants to do. Like when, when I'm praying, it's not the smallness of what God's willing to do. It's the smallness of what I can believe for, what I can contend for, like what I can actually be a conduit and release. And that really matters because it, it, uh, it kind of shows you the direction like God's goodness is emanating from him into earth. I am not like going up here talking to an unwilling God trying to, you know, like, God, if you just would, just be good right now <laughs> and do something good. No, he's thoroughly good. So what am I trying to do? He's trying to reach down to earth with his goodness. I just need to be the go-between, releasing his goodness. And he's not trying to squash your dreams, by the way. This is what we tend to think, too, in this, in this lane of asking prayer. It's like, yeah, we can come to God, but I can't come to him with my dreams. He's not squashing your dreams. He put them in you more than likely. Like if you have something that really burns in your heart, who do you think put it there? He's not trying to kill it. He's trying to redeem it and then release it. And it's part of this. Like when you, when you get in this place of believing in the goodness of God in your relationship, then you're over here and you come to him, God, I just had this dream in my heart. And he goes, like, I know. I put it there. Let's talk about it. And then he'll begin to give you insider information, stuff you couldn't really know. And then ultimately, stuff gets released out of your life. Out of your life. That's what happened to me when I took a job here leading worship and doing something musical. I, I got to do things musical with people at levels of talent. I could have never, I could have never played on stages with people the size that I got to do. God did that. He saw me, just a little jeans and t-shirt, rock and roll kid, can't read music, just loved to play and loved him. And then he said, I'll take you. Now what's this? And in a matter of days, he put me in a place I could have never been. He's trying to release your dreams. So, listen, this is living in the intercessory gap. Jesus is the arm of the Lord outstretched to humanity. Intercession is putting the pressure of God's goodness upon the brokenness of humanity. Did you get that? I know I'm... I, I, I know I'm saying a lot of words, so at some point it's just hard to hear words anymore. But get that line. Intercession is putting the pressure of God's goodness into broken moments over people's lives. And how does and, and what's the context of that? The context of that is this scripture that's repeated in all over the place in scripture. But it's Psalm 110, verse 1. It says, until your enemies become your footstool. That's the promise that God the Father made to Jesus. Hey, have a seat. Have a seat. And just stay seated right there until all your enemies are under your feet. He's the head and we're the body. So let's bring some stuff under the feet of Jesus. Hallelujah. So listen. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Change your mind. However you've thought about prayer, think bigger. See Jesus at the right hand of God. Change your level of investment. 
Join the live feed from heaven and become a contender and an intercessor. Step into shared purpose. What is it? On earth as it is in heaven. Get in the proactive lane of prayer. Believe big and take risks. If you don't, listen, if you're not taking risks and you don't, boldness is not even a virtue until you feel, until you feel intimidated. But in that lane where you feel intimidated, go ahead and step in. And if you're stepping in according to the shared purpose that God's given you, you watch. He's got your back. He's going to move. And you're going to see stuff you had not seen before. So be the outstretched arm of heaven. Look, advertisement here. Show up to gathered opportunities of prayer. I do Saturday prayer every, every Saturday. It's 8 a.m. You're like, when is that? I've never seen it. <laughs> no. I, it's early for Saturday morning. But it's a hands-up and hands-on opportunity for gathered prayer. And wherever that happens to be in your life, wherever there's an opportunity to gather with others and contend for God's purposes, do that. And here's the last picture I would leave with you. I think this is a convicting one. Jesus came into Jerusalem, and he went to the temple, and he started flipping tables. He's not happy. And he said this, my father's house will be called a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of robbers. Put your hand over your heart if you're willing. Jesus here's my heart. I give it to you fresh tonight and probably in ways beyond my, my uh, self-awareness I've made it more of a den of robbers than I have a house of prayer so I invite you to turn over some tables in fact you can rearrange all the furniture just put it in, in, in the style the style and arrangement that pleases you you can change the color of the wallpaper, whatever you want to do. You can have it. Let's just wait right there for just a second. So some of you have broken things, no doubt. Anytime there's a gathering of people, it's not, you know, not a big surprise that we all have broken things that need prayer, that we would like to have prayer. We'd like to see God move. And so I just want to invite you to, you know, it's so easy for us to come into places like this and we do these teachings and we talk about the kingdom and then we say amen, we go home. But like we've been talking about asking and contending for God to do things in the earth. Well, why not tonight? 
if you're in a place where you need prayer for something that's specific enough that if somebody said, hey, how do you want me to pray, you could tell them, then we want to invite you to that. In fact, let's just do it this way. If nobody responds, it's fine. But I would encourage you, if this is you and you need prayer, then just stand up right where you are. Just stand up, and I'm going to have uh, some people there and around you. Just gather around you and do exactly what we're saying tonight. Out of your abiding relationship with Jesus, you're just going to begin to ask over their life. Well, Simon, what do we ask? Well, Matt, first of all, listen to what they ask for. Go ahead and stand, by the way, if that's you. Just start standing while I'm talking. And uh, how do you pray for them? Well, you listen to what they ask for, and then just imagine what, what does heaven look like? And then just pray kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. So we got one there, one here, one here. You guys who are comfortable praying, get around these people. Get around them. And make this, make it doesn't have to be long and drawn out at all. Listen, just ask them, what is it you want prayer for? And hold on before you do that right now. Let me give instructions and then we can do this and we'll be moved fairly quickly. I just want you to ask them how they want you to pray and then form that prayer into a, uh, and just one person, by the way, just one person in these, because I know we got multiple people standing around people. Just one person. That's all we need. Everybody else just agree with that prayer and then turn it into an on earth as it is in heaven, in heaven kind of prayer. So you guys do that right now. Just go ahead and share your prayer requests. You can start winding it down. God, we thank you tonight that this is not complicated, that you you invited us to pray. And so when we put these requests before you, God, we trust that you hear and that you begin to move on, on behalf of these prayers. And we thank you for that, God. And now just, I pray over every seed that's been sown tonight in the heart, God, let it take root for your kingdom, God. Let a new day come upon the church as we take up your admonition to partner with you in the earth and pray big, risky, kingdom of heaven at hand kind of prayers. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the C12 podcast today. Take some time to reflect on your prayer life and maybe re-listen to this a few times to pull out all God has for you in it. As Justin mentioned at the top of the message, we're starting small groups here at C12 and we love small groups because they're a great way to not only get closer with community, but get closer with God. And make sure that you're here next week at C12 so that you can get signed up and everything. But if you miss it, make sure to check out our Instagram to make sure that you find all that information there. And you can follow us at C12 Stone. Hope to see you next week.